Hello everyone and welcome back to the Underground Mess Hall. Finn McHale here and today we're going to be reviewing chapter 50 of Record of Ragnarok in which the title is A Dark Cloud Hangs. Quick note before we get into the review, I tend to try and get these chapter reviews the day of or the day after which we get the translation. So if you miss it on the day of, just come back and check the next day. With that in mind, let's get started. So the chapter opens up with the cloud finally forming into this big spiral hurricane storm cloud and we zoom back in on Buddha and see them staring down Hajun in which we see his full design now which is really really cool in which he has you know these uh kind of old yoga balloon not like yoga type but like balloon pants with uh an Obi-Wan not Obi-Wan but a ceremonial Obi or belt around him and then we see Gil shaking, and she's like, well, what the heck is that thing while we're seeing scenes of his face? Brunhilde collapses because she's like, I have no idea. So Gil has a what the fuck moment because she's like, what do you mean you don't know anything about that? Buddha then asks Hajun, you know, what happened to Zero? And he replies saying, he's gone. He's nowhere to be found in this world, and my name is Hajun. And so then Buddha's like, okay. Um, so what do you want then? Let me rephrase that. What in the hell are you? And interestingly, he responds saying, I myself do not know. However, I think I want to try these powers out now. Which is really, really crazy. So now we get to actually focus in on the gods, which this is where my favorite part of the chapter comes into play as we get the gods' perspective on what's going on because they themselves are surprised. So we start with the Norse gods in which Loki goes, that really startled me, old man. What's the deal with that thing? Referring to Odin, and thus Odin's silent because he doesn't know what's going on. We go to the Olympians, and we see Zeus just sitting in shock, and Ares yelling at Hermes, you know, is that thing really a god? Hermes, you know is sympathizing with the sentiment of he doesn't know anything. And Ares is surprised. He's like, what do you mean you don't know about it? All of a sudden we see, you know, these white pants, dress pants, and very, very nice shoes just walk up. And a voice comes from him saying, that is no God. And Ares' face freaks out and asks, why are you, why are you here? And the God just replies, how long are you going to keep sitting there? And he's surprised, Ares is surprised, and he just calmly says, that's my seat. And we see this terrified face of Ares, and he just immediately jumps and goes, yes, sir. The figure sits down, and we see him in full, and that he's got a dress trench coat is the best way I can say, you know. Um, it's like the captain's coats from One Piece, and the admiral's. And, but not as like poofy on the wrist guards and everything. It's very, very sleek and compact. And he sits down and we get a title card for him. He's also got, you know, the Olympian olive branch around one half of his head and a cool looking eye patch on his right eye. And we see that this is Hades of the Greek pantheon. Hermes immediately greets him. He's like, oh, it's been some time, my lord, Hades. You know, for you to come all this way, it's quite a rare occasion. 
and he replies, I'd heard that my younger brother lost. Ares gets another shocked face. Hermes just sits silently. And Hades just ponders out loud. You know, I kind of find it hard to believe. You know, but I mean, it's the reality, you know. It's, you know, then the Poseidon was. Zeus just jumps in. He's like, we don't talk about that. You know, what happened in the fight happened in the fight. You know, we're not going to talk about it anymore. You know. And, but Zeus immediately wants to get back to the question at hand. He said, you said that Hajun, he's not a god. If you know what it is, then tell us, Hades. And Hades just replies, you know, eh, you haven't changed in a minute, you know, little brother. Just calm down for a minute and I'll tell you. So he goes on and says, you know, that he's a legendary berserker spoken of in Helheim since ancient times. And he goes on to explain how across all mythologies, the concept of the three-layer world, world exists. And there's the heaven realm where the gods and the souls dwell. And in this case, in Record Ragnarok, it's Valhalla. Then there's Midgard, Earth, where all the mortals live, the humans and animals. And then the last layer is the domain of hell, the demon world, the Nenokuni, the land of origins, among other names, you know, this is where the unearthly things come from. The Netherworld, also known as Helheim. And we see pictures of Cerberus, Cyclops, Minotaur, dragons. And it looks like a gargoyle or werewolf. And Hades goes on to explain that in Helheim, there's a legend that follows. At white light and black shadows blending, the horns of the Netherworld shall awaken. And eternal darkness shall be born. Otherwise called Demon Lord of the Sixth Heaven. Hajun. Now this is really interesting because we now understand why he's not a god and that there is a third realm, Helheim. And we actually understand what it is a little bit more on top of the fact that when you go to Helheim, you don't come back, to my understanding, from earlier in the series. So... They muddle about, you know, Demon Lord of the Sixth Heaven, and Hajun. Hermes asks, I think, the most important question here to Hades at, at this point, and that's, so you've got something to do with it, don't you? And Hades is quiet for a second, and he says, you know, even though I'm the ruler of Helheim, you know, I need to admit to you guys something. I've never seen this before. And Ares is shocked, going, wait a minute, you've never seen it? And... He ponders out loud again, Hades does, about, you know, I just gotta wonder what led this meager god Zerofuku from Valhalla to become the legendary Hajun. And that's why he's here, because he wants to know what's going on. So we get back to the fight, and Hajun shoots out this blade from his arm, like Full Metal Alchemist, Edward Elric style, and he says, you know, forgive me, I'm not accustomed to this. Because I might end up finishing this in, a, in an instant, which freaks Buddha out. However, he's able to block it with his Vajra sword. And Hajun's surprised, you know. And Buddha says, you know, it's not very convincing from the look you've got on your face. Because Hajun has a very blank look for most of the chapter. That's going to change soon. And they're talking about how his speed's insane. And Gel is like, oh my god, Buddha should be alright though. Because he can see any attack ahead of time. This is where we get more clarification on his 8th Enlightenment sense. 
And because Brunhilde goes, no, he can't actually see them. He can't perceive any light from Hajun because it's pure darkness. And so Gell asks, what do you mean? So Brunhilde goes in and says, so technically the way Buddha's eighth consciousness works is he sees fluctuations of the soul. Basically, when a person, you know, decides on a course of action, their soul moves before their body. So the body catches up to the soul. And this is the radiance of will. And so Buddhas will be able to see this. And so we see a scene of him catching a rabbit this way. And, but because Hajun's soul is darkness, because there's no fleck of light, it renders Buddha's ability useless. And so Gel freaks out going, he can't use future vision then. So at this point, Heimdallir goes, you know, Hajun formerly Zodafuku, he's launching a furious round of blows. And during, halfway through this, you know, we see Hajun is body morphing the sword to like whip it and tear it and bend it into different pieces. And Buddha's going, man, you're a fucking freak. And Hajun's impressed, still with a blank face going, you know, I'm going to go at maximum output. So he wraps the blade that's coming out of his arm up into this big drill, and this attack is called Divine Retribution. Very Gurren Lagan-esque. And this attack is called the Heaven-Piercing Demon Drill. So Buddha turnabouts the Six Realm Staff back into the Ahimsa shield. And Gel's like, oh my god, he popped the shield! He's gonna be alright! And there's a huge collision, and everybody, you know, sees, okay, you know, there's some blood dripping, and they're like, oh no, Buddha's dead. That's not actually what happened. And so, Hajun goes, my, 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 my. And we see a hole in the Himsa shield, and he took Buddha's left eye. And Buddha is pissed. And Hajun gets this insanely creepy smile and says, oh, that's too bad. And that's the end of the chapter. So, we're going to do a little bit of... Um, chapter notes because I actually got some chapter notes so an interesting chapter note is what led so mind you this is the translation so what I like is how we get notes explaining in the Japanese what specific characters or phrases were used in this instance the what led so the chapter notes here say you know Hades here uses a peculiar word itaru to describe Zerofuku training not training turning into hajun it's best translated from the notes it says as something to like attain or to come to be basically like to transform into and then what he also notes is it's even more peculiar that it's the same phrasing that siddhartha used in his backstory to attain enlightenment and so it's also a part of the title of chapter 47 and so it's kind of one of those interpret it how you will I interpret it as Buddha's attainment was on his own, but Hajun's, you know, or Zerofuku's attainment into Hajun is forced in a way. Because I think it has still has something to do with those horns, and I still think Beelzebub has something to do with it, because there's no way it doesn't. Because he, he was like, oh, you know, now they're activated. So hopefully we'll get more. It's also really nice to see that we have another 
quote-unquote underworldish god now showing up to help give us some more exposition. The second note is the heaven piercing demon drill. This is kind of more of the fun one. And the name for it is in Japanese is Makai Tensho. And it literally translates to demon spinning heaven piercing. However, it's likely a reference to the movie Makai Tensho, which translates to demon world reincarnation. But in internationally, this is samurai reincarnation. And so it's really interesting, but also he has a fun little side note before the notes going Giga Doriru Bureku, you know, for Garen Lagan. Um, outside the notes, a couple major takeaways. So Hades shows up to help give us some explanation, which he seems kind of, you know, middle of the pack about all this. And he's much more interested in the fact of how Hajun came up you know how how he was summoned because he's like this is a legend and it's weird that he's actually here and now especially fighting buddha uh it, and i just find it really interesting because it seems like he doesn't know what beelzebub might be up to and as last chapter what in the previous chapter review definitely go check that out because i have a lot of deep dive it's heavier on the discussion side but one thing I find more interesting is we don't see Aphrodite in this chapter, whereas last chapter she had a really interesting line that made me think she's in cahoots with Beelzebub, which means Hades might not be aware of that, if that's the case. Um, one of the uh, other things, too, to take into account is Buddha's abilities have weaknesses, which is really interesting because, you know... Buddha and Myth is the only one who can transverse all six realms. And it's interesting to note that his enlightenment doesn't allow him, his eighth consciousness doesn't allow him to perceive Hajun's attacks. That might be changed because he got pierced in one of his eyes by darkness, essentially. But we don't know. So, but this is really interesting to see he does have weaknesses. And that, you know, the sixth realm staff isn't as powerful also that brings up another interesting question and that is what's the deal with you know that blade because if it is the misery cleaver just evolved then i would buy it but if it's not then that raises the question of okay so does that mean there's a hierarchy to mortal weapons uh heavenly weapons and netherworld weapons if that's the case, I hope we get to explore that more. Uh, with all that said, though, you know, on top of it, it was really great not only getting to see Hades, like, he's one of my favorite design-wise now, um, but outside of that, um, we're just going to wait till next month and see what happens. I, I'm really excited to see what happens now. With that being said, um, you know, just wait and see. So, this has been a Bandolier Core production. Ben McHale, signing out.